All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing, spinning the one and twos, 877-37-GRIND is your number. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. All right, so, so yeah, I pretty much recovered pretty much all the NBA action over the weekend. And then tonight, we got the Lakers and Memphis game. Uh, game two, you know, they Lakers really suffocated them starting off uh, the start that game three. Uh, so we'll see if Memphis can gather themselves. You know, Dylan Brooks got, you know, pretty much kicked out, ejected. Uh, no further action or discipline that I'm hearing from him. You know, this has just really been inconsistent in my point, uh, in my opinion, excuse me, of Adam in regards to even though it looks like you could say that that was an accident, you know, maybe LeBron was going for a crossover, but yet and still, I mean, you got one guy suspended after being a flagrant two for stepping on the chest. And that's all because it's prior. Okay. But yeah, but Dylan books ain't ran his mouth all season. He, he's got a good credit report, but he's being allowed to play tonight. So we'll see what Memphis, if they're able to bounce back, uh, you know, Anthony Davis really stepped up. Uh, after the dismal game that he had on the road. And I'll be eager to see, speaking of Donovan Mitchell, he he owes his team. I'll be eager to see if he steps up going back to Cleveland and Quicken Loans Arena. But I think the Lakers, we'll see if they take a commanding 3-1 lead. LeBron say, hey, man, I'm not getting up in all that he say stuff. I've been doing this too long. You know, I've been doing this too long. Translation, you have to remember who pretty much raised LeBron from afar besides his mama, and that was Sean Carter. A.K. Jay Z, you know, Jay's another. One. I'm not gonna respond to Soldier Boy. That's pretty much what LeBron's telling you. I'm not gonna go back and forth. That's Dylan Brooks. You know, I'm LeBron James. Also, what's the other one we got on the docket tonight? Uh, Bucks at Heat tonight. Uh, that line looking Bucks minus eight um, in South Beach. Uh, Grizzlies plus five against the Lakers. Tonight. And you know, that's an interesting line on that because that lets you know Giannis is going to give it to go. We don't know exactly what this back situation is going to be like. Uh, what you have seen in this series, um, you know, in game one, Miami shot lights out from the three-point line. In game two, that wasn't the same results. Milwaukee blew them out. And then in game three, going back to South Beach, they shot the ball very well again from the three-point line going back home. So, to me, if Miami's going to shoot the ball, and I don't think they can consistently shoot the ball like that because they haven't done it all year. Like I told you on Friday, they finished like 27th ranked in three-pointers out of 30 teams in the NBA. They can make, they can stretch this series out. Now, the million-dollar question is going to be, how does this back hold up with Giannis? Because uh, definitely with no Giannis, it's it's pretty much, I think Milwaukee's still good enough to beat Miami without Giannis, but that's not something you want to tango with. But we'll see how long that back hangs up. Holds up, I should say. 877-37-GRIND. All right, man, let's switch gears a little bit uh, in regards to the National Football League. Uh, like I said, this is draft week. Uh, this is the week that I feel like you'll have more things develop, uh, more things heat up, trades and stuff like that. And finally, deals getting done, which I'm hearing coming down the wire here just recently within the last hour. It's official, and we have Aaron Rodgers heading to 
the Jets, which we all knew what was going to happen, but this just stalled out, and all of a sudden we've got a deal now. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, reports say that um, it's going to be a second-round pick this year uh, going to uh, the Packers, a first-round pick swap this year. So the Jets are holding on to their first-round pick this year. They're basically just moving up. Uh, the Packers are moving up like three spots. Um, and then a conditional first round next year. Uh, the number on that is if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps this year for New York, then it will be a first round for next year going over to Green Bay. Um, hmm. So when I look at that and respond to the compensation in real time off the dome, um, in the grand, on the surface, it doesn't really sound like they gave up a lot for Aaron Rodgers. Not uh, really. I mean, there's you, only one extra, like one, one first round pick going away that's not being compensated. And that's, and that's only potentially because your first round swapping this year. And then the first next year is only conditional, conditionally upon uh, Rodgers playing 65% of the snaps. Um, I would say that I would think that Green Bay just really digesting all this right now in real time and looking at the final compensation that was given. I think Green Bay really cost themselves a little bit and could have gotten more by the way they handled this, uh, per se. And a lot of that has to do with, I think, a lot of talks in the media. And I think Aaron Rodgers also probably has his hands a little dirty in regards to really screwing the Packers over in regards to not really maximizing what they could have got. Um, now, to me, with that said, it also lets me know that with pretty much, because there was just reports this morning that saying, hey, talks have resumed. And then, you know, hours later, that report coming out, we finally got a deal. So there was a stalemate there for about three to four weeks. And we talked about it about a week or so on the show. And so there was reports saying that it was stale because of possibly, you know, Aaron Rodgers' comments that he made on the Pat McAfee show uh, about retiring. And that was kind of giving some you know, pushback, not pushback, but given some type of buyer's remorse for the Jets side of things, for Woody and the boys, which if you look at the final deal that he struck, it does show you that. Because again, there was a lot of people, there was a lot of people involved in these talks that had a lot of concerns in regards to how the Denver Broncos situation went last year with Russell Wilson. Uh, they were guarded from that. I think everybody's going to be guarded from that. And I think also by it finally getting done now and knowing that's the compensation, I think Green Bay was to the point like we just want to move on. We just want to get this guy out of here. Like we just want this finally to be over and it's done. Um, that's the way I look at it. Now, that whole kicker, about 65% of the snaps, is very, very interesting to me. Because anytime that you have clauses like that, um, I always feel like they can be not easily, but they can definitely be manipulated to a certain extent, especially when you're talking about capital of a first round pick on the horizon and the 2024 draft. And where I'm going with this is, let's say, for example, let's just say that this does not really work out that well, that regardless of now, everything is the pieces. I mean, from one of his favorite coaches in the league to his former offensive coordinator in Nathaniel Hackett 
from one of his favorite new young receivers that he built rapport up over the last couple of years. Okay. Um, everything looks like you're just changing zip codes. You're just going to the Big Apple if you're Aaron. Okay. In regards to the system you're going to run, a familiar receiver, and a guy that's going to be in your headset that you're familiar listening to in Nathaniel Hackett. But the reality of it is, let's say this doesn't really go well, and it does, and they'll go south. Because, again, they do play in the AFC uh, East. That is going to be uh, not an easy division. All right? They'll nip at each other's heels. And I haven't even looked at the Jets' out-of-conference schedule, out-of-division schedule yet. But my point is, let's say, for example, it doesn't go well, and they're hovering – around 500 to below 500. And let's just say you really can't get any traction on this thing. And let's say by the time you get to, and let's just say, for example, if Aaron Rodgers would suffer an injury, let's just say an injury that would keep him out three to six weeks, four to six weeks. Then it's a situation if you're the Jets, because I guarantee you, I mean, Aaron You know, he hasn't been as durable as Tom, hasn't been as durable as Peyton. I mean, in the last few years, uh, you know, going back to where he, I think he had the collarbone situation years back, he's dealt with some things here and there over the course of the last four or five years that has made him miss some games. So my point is, if that arises again, you damn sure retirement starts seeping in the, the head of Aaron Rodgers. It already has. It already did. So if I'm the Jets and you have that type of contract and that type, now it just comes back to where if we really feel like this season is a season loss or he suffers an injury and we're talking about giving up a first-round pick, it is possible that you might not even see Aaron Rodgers continue to play to hit that 65%. I'm not telling you that's what's going to happen, but every time that you have contracts, and there's contracts that's been done like this before, it's the same thing when you've got anything that you've got incentive base can in the NFL – even in professional sports in general, but the NFL can be manipulated and be kind of shady. I always go back to Mike Holmgren that basically had the role of coach and general manager when he was at Seattle. Sean Alexander do a half a million dollar roster bonus for amount of touchdowns. Week 16 in Seattle, goal line. Mike Holmgren, doesn't call Sean Alexander, Alexander's number. Everybody and their mama knew what that was about. Things like that go on. So due to the fact that they're not really, it doesn't look on the surface that they're coming out of anything right now, and it's just a first-round swap this year, it just depends. And, you're gonna, and I feel like you're going to really know real early. I, I would say probably by season kicks off in September. I would say by the end after Halloween, Halloween, after Halloween, I think you're going to be right around that time. By the time we get to November, you're going to be knowing real quick if this is working or not. And I just feel unlike the Russell Russell Wilson situation where what the compensation was, what the compensation was, and what the new contract and the money they gave Russ, what it was, there was nothing incentive-based about. There was not, It was real. You, you couldn't manipulate that situation, and you really still – you know, can't to the to this day. It just comes down with him. It's like he don't cut it out this year. It's gonna be dead money cap because they're gonna cut his ass. But I think when you go into this type of agreement, that just leaves 
the window for whatever. I think if I'm Green Bay, just off a of principle, I would have had to hold off at least until I pretty much my number one pick would have had to been guaranteed next year. If we if we agreed to a, a swap this year and we both want to get past this because this has been talked about through the media, Aaron then pretty much negotiate through the media. He didn't basically open up on Pat McAfee's show and let everybody know how negotiation was. I get it to get done with it, but at worst case scenario on principle, I would have had to have a secure first round pick next year. But that that's what was holding it up all the way until now. Yeah. Um. So so they gave concession. Uh. The official and and of course this isn't official official. The, the trade has been done. The NFL com is tweeting it sure um but it hasn't been submitted to the league office i don't think that goodell is going to have a problem with this um but the through nfl now that we've compiled all the reports uh there are, are also a um a fifth round pick going from the packers to the jets and the the, the jets are sending um a sixth round pick um as well so we do have some later round swaps uh, that work into their uh, second round pick this year. Uh, that was already touched on. Um, but uh, something else to note here is Rodgers, according to Tom Pelissero, uh, will signed a revised contract with Green Bay to facilitate facilitate the trade. So hmm. what that revised contract means, whether that's how the how the money works out, what's guaranteed up front now. But I mean, yeah. That's kind of where it, it, yeah, it, I'll be it eager deals to, getting done. Yeah, I'll be eager to see what details come about that on what this new revised contract was to get it done. I'll be eager to see what the details on that. I would like to think it's probably less money. Um, I would have to think it has to be less money in regards to make things work, even for the Jets, if they want to go do something else with that. You know, it, it you know, it, go get another player. I, I just think that it would have – if he redid his contract, I would think that he probably did it. Not, I'm not saying he's taking a big haircut. Of money, but I think that it has to be something to help cap space or something with the Jets. What do you got? What are the odds Rodgers plays for the Vikings within the next three seasons? Or are we going down the Brett Favre path? <laughs> <laughs> We're already halfway there, yeah. so you might as well. Um, nah, I'm just joking. Yeah, just no, joking. I think at that time, you know, Brett had a vendetta. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is leaving with. Um, the best taste in his mouth from the Packers, but he's not leaving with a vendetta like Brett Favre did. Brett wanted from day one. Brett didn't even want to stop at the Jets. I think the difference is Aaron really wants to stop with the Jets, whether that's the one place that the only place could do business with them. I don't know, but I think he really wants to go there. Brett Favre did not want to stop in New York. He wanted to go straight with the division to Minnesota to play, and he just backdoored it. He eventually got played out where he was a free agent, but decided to come back, play that game again. Oh, I'm going to retire. No, I'm a free. I can go. Okay, I'm going to go with Minnesota. So, yeah, I know there's no chance that he plays uh, in Minnesota. I, I mean, to me personally, <clears throat> that's why I even spent even a minute on that whole kicker and incentive because I'm still sticking to where I really do believe that, you know, this coming up year, which would have been this year, was going to be his last now, a change of scenery could basically help that, or it could speed it up to be confirmed right. And and that is the reason why I think with the Jets, I mean, excuse me, Green Bay, I've got to get a secure first round pick. And if we got to take this thing all the way past draft, 
these next three, four days this week past draft to get done, then that's just what we have to do because regardless, I know what this guy is made of in regards to what he's like to deal with upstairs, and he's already talked about retirement. And if the Jets know Woody knows and everybody knows whether he suffers an injury, whether it's this or he has any contemplation of retirement, whoever the backup is, Zach Wilson, if they don't outright cut him or trade him on draft day, they ask going to be playing some games next year because you ain't going to see Aaron Rodgers if it goes down like that just to save that first round pick. That's my opinion. Go ahead. So with the move done, is it the officially the Jordan Love era in Green Bay, or do you think they try and work something out uh, either trade-wise or draft-wise? No, I think you've got to go with Jordan Love. I mean, even if it bottoms out this year, if, if you don't, you know, you're not that successfully with him. I mean, from all his peers on his team, the guys in the locker room, they think that this, he's ready to go. Uh, but, no, I think if you're the Packers, you don't try to go out and get another veteran or I don't even know what their roster looks like in regards to how many quarterbacks they have in the roster. But, no, you got to go out and let this kid play for at least 17 weeks, 17 games to see what you got. I mean, this is what you've been waiting for. You moved up a little bit to go get him that started this whole fiasco with Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and two. We'll be back. Are you ready for a real cocktail? Then crack open a great tasting Zing Zang ready to drink cocktail, like our Bloody Mary with vodka in a can. It's full strength with 9% alcohol and America's number one Bloody Mary mix. Or try our mango margarita crafted with silver tequila and real mango puree. Unlike those hard seltzers, each can is made with premium spirits and real ingredients, just like a bartender made it for you. Zing Zang, always bold, always ready. Go to zingzang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producing, spending the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We have been broadcasting here from the Hazel Sky Online Studios, and this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Two words, the key to any perfect cocktail, and that is Zing Zang. Make sure you try out all their pre-made alcoholic drinks. They come in all different flavors, or you can just stick to the original mix and add your own favorite alcohol. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. 
All right. So, yeah. So that's the deal. Finally, it's in the bed. Aaron Rodgers. And I'm hearing that he's going to wear number eight because that's the number that he wore back in Cal. But I thought that old Joe Namath already told me he could have 12. Joe said, I'll take it down. His son's here. That look weird, too, because, I mean, that was a little bit before even my time, Joe Namath. But seeing anybody wear 12, but supposedly the word on the street, he's going to wear number eight. Now, again, I understand they had to go through and just get it done. But if I'm the Packers, I want some retribution, okay, for all the stuff I've been through for this guy in the last couple of years and not having a secured one. It is what it is. But also other rumors that could be development started to get pickup steam. The possibility of Derrick Henry going to the Eagles. Picking up mm. steam and cooling right back off. Why? What, how, who threw water on it? The GM. Of the what Titans saying nobody's called. Nobody's calling. Yeah, okay. That's all reports today. Haven't heard anything uh, about anybody wanting uh, Derrick Henry. I don't believe any GMs that say anything within even 48, 72 hours of the draft. Even longer than that. I, I'm not, again, this started circulating yesterday. I mean, there's been rumors, and they've been talking about Derrick Henry to Buffalo. Derrick Henry's trade rumors have been going since probably two weeks after they season ended, three weeks. So the general manager can say all he wants to about no calls or whatever. The truth of the matter is Derrick Henry's on the block. Now, whether they move him is two different things, okay? That's two different things, whether they actually move him. But make no mistake about it, they're they're willing to take calls. And I think the really, you know – you just have to look at it to where there's there's certain not all but there's certain general managers out there and there's certain players out there that they'd rather lie to the media and lie to everybody just so they don't have to play a certain role of the villain okay keep in mind Derrick Henry is well liked in Nashville Tennessee where that team plays he does a lot of stuff in their community. I mean, he, he's going to go down as one of the, you know, all-time greats in that uniform. So you are GM. You don't really want, oh, yeah, we're shopping Derrick. Yeah, yeah, okay. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Like I said, in GMs, this is the week that they will have a lot of lies and a lot of misdirection. But we'll see what happens. Also, Dak Prescott. Says that, hey, you know, I ain't going to lie. It's taking me a while knowing Zeke's not on the team, blah, 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 whoop-de-whoop. Had a tough end of the season. But he said he's feeling kind of excited because of the changes in these new coaches at, at the facility. Saying that he's really excited and he feels a lot better and a better place than even he did last year. It's just excitement of new coaches. Well, Schottenheimer, who was hired by Dallas this offseason, and I'll keep saying this, is that it's fine. And I understand Dak, you know, excited about new faces and stuff. But is Dak, and, and the only way they're going to get out of Dak, of his full potential, is that he has to be coached harder. I don't think he's been coached that well. And I don't think he's been coached that hard. It's just based off of the chain of command down there, the way Jerry has had it. From Kellen Moore, a guy that he was sharing a quarterback's room with that had a uniform on, that was his backup at one time, or behind him on the depth chart. So, and then you bring in Schottenheimer because I believe Schottenheimer 
is coming in, and I think he should be coming in to be a new, fresh voice for Dak and really to be able to limit and cut down on really what hindered Dak Prescott last year and what's kind of hindered him throughout his young career, but really last year, and that's the turnovers and the interceptions. And I told you that I felt like this would be coming from a better place, a more stern place than really Kellen Moore. I cannot pick – I wasn't in the room – not connect, connected to that organization, not even basically going to front like I am, but I can only say from afar, it just seemed to me that Dallas under, you know, I would say the Cowboys, where Kellen Moore was there, I don't know how hard Dak's really been coached and how well he's been coached. Hell, at least with Tony Romo, I can say he had Bill Parcells for a couple of years and Sean Payton was on staff. I know Tony got, I know Tony got coached hard at one point in his career. Dak hasn't been, you know, to none of that. And it makes a difference. It may, And it doesn't matter if you want a Super Bowl or you don't have a Super Bowl, especially at that position. If you're not coached hard enough or you don't have respect to your coaching staff, your head coach, you're not going to get the best out of what you can get, and it's eventually it's going to trickle down and affect the team. What do you got? Uh, through Clarence Hill Jr. Um, you know, of the uh, out of Dallas covering the Cowboys. Um, he's at the press conference today, pre-draft conference, mm-hmm. and uh, he's quoting Jerry Jones as saying, drafting is not our problem, coaching is. With McCarthy sitting right on his right-hand side. Wow. So if that doesn't tell you what the pressure is, you know, in terms of, you know, maybe it's coaching Dak properly again, you know, um, offense, uh, what, the, what the offense looks like, um, or just overall accountability, quarterback or drafting is not our problem. Coaching is. Well, I will tell you this. I, I would, uh, you know, you said that was Calvin Hill that tweeted that out. Uh, Clarence Hill. Jr. Clarence yes. Hill. Clarence Hill. Yeah, I know Clarence is a big guy that that follows Dallas. He has a lot of followers. Covering him for almost 30 years. I, I would have to still see what was the question and really where does it stop. Because, you know, Clarence could put that out and just say, hey, this is going to get clicks. This is going to get some news. And I'm not trying to discredit that brother's uh, resume or his credibility. But I would have to see what – because to me, the reason why I'm even clear, want clarification of that, because if that's really what Jerry said and it was just the opening, like, hey, man, it's drafting ain't our problem. Let's say it was a draft question. He's like, hey, we ain't had a problem with draft. It's not a draft. It's our coaching. Now, if he leaves it at that, I want to say, like, okay, are you talking about coaching from an offensive standpoint, quarterback's coach, coordinator? Because if he's talking about Mike McCarthy, then, yeah, Jerry's really getting old. He's getting old and forgetful because Jerry spent this whole offseason and pretty much in the last, right after they were eliminated with the 49ers, even prior to that, saying that this game, no, this game doesn't have no bearing on, uh, you know, Mike McCarthy's future. But I thought he couldn't coach. He wouldn't be here. So to do a 180 less than three months, not even that long, because I know what he's been preaching when he's asked this question, even right after they were exited by the 49ers. He has to be. I'm going to give Jerry the benefit of the doubt that he has to be talking about like offensive coordinator wise, scheme wise, offensive. Because I'll tell you the one thing that's consistent out of the star and that whole area over there is that Kellen Moore is the guy that everybody's throwing under the bus. Mike McCarthy started it. 
he's really taking some shots at Kellen Moore. And I wonder if this question or this answer, whatever Clarence Hill is quoting, if this is really more of just Kellen Moore bashing. Because we're just going to blame our success on Kellen. That's Dak's turnover problem. And I've been accused of being a Dak apologist. And yes, do I think that Kellen Moore has something to do and Jason Garrett has something to do with the stunt and growth of Dak Prescott? You damn right. I'm not changing from that. But do I think that's all Kellen Moore's fault about Dak's interception? No, I can't say that. Because some of Dak's interceptions, regardless of who your quarterback coach is or who your offensive coordinator is, those are some interceptions you just can't have and throw. Not if you made it to this level as a starting quarterback in the National Football League. So, again, if Jerry's really talking about his head coach, then, yeah, Jerry's getting up there, man. Then Jerry's just forgetting or Jerry's, Jerry's wild. Because to me, that has to be more of like that has to center around the Kellen Moore situation. It would have to unless he's contradicted everything he has preached for the last three or four months about Mike McCarthy. You got something? Well, just that yes and no. Because in order for McCarthy to still have his job there, I would think that you know he told Jerry that offense was the problem. Let me take things over. All right, all right, Mike. You want more responsibility? You want to do? You want you want this? Okay. But coaching's been the problem. And if you're telling me because taking your philosophy with the with the Buffalo Bills mm-hmm. to where I say, oh, it's Ken Dorsey that has to call the offense, and you push back on me every time. You say, no, it's Sean McDermott, and he's the head coach of that team. Right, he's got All to right? instill to Ken Dorsey what he wants so to So McCarthy run. couldn't get Kellen Moore to do what he wanted him to do from, a head, right. from the offensive coordinator position, so now McCarthy's taking that mantle himself. So well, I think it's just Jerry putting him on, like publicly, very publicly, putting him on notice, like, look, our problem, we we because you look at the team, and we're talking the other day, I don't think it made the... Made the show, but uh, C.D. Lamb's, uh, you know, yeah. fifth-year option. Yeah, which was a no-brainer. They would do that. They brought back LVE. You know, Michael Parsons is, is doing strong. So, especially at the top end of the draft, they've done pretty well. Um, drafting is not the problem, to Jerry's point. It's coaching. Well, also, I think some of the positions that where they drafted at, it's hard to mess those up. Let's take it. Let's let's not be. Let's let's. I'm I, let's not. I'm not trying to make. We ain't gonna make the Dallas's front office act like they've been the Baltimore Ravens front office, okay? Or or the Kansas City Chiefs front office. I've seen I a like, team draft in the uh, top ten for a matter of like what twelve straight years and still find ways and, to mess and like it up. Like I've count. always said, there's levels to everything. And Tupac, the Cleveland Browns are the Tupac of basically uh, doormat. And being in a cesspool for over a decade, that does not even count. We'll put that, that them there, the Buccaneers. Y'all, y'all are they've been down there. Nah, Texans have had struggles. I can't. Jonas, like I said, I don't want to lose the last few minutes. Cleveland is like the only other franchise I believe that can even come close to Cleveland is maybe the New York Jets. Other than that, I'm sorry. But, I mean, hey, it's, it's going sure. in a different direction now. So what I'm saying is this. I like the way you put it, though. I mean, like I, that. I do agree with you. That's probably your best take today. But I do, I do, <laughs> I do agree with you in regards to that. Could have been how Jerry spun it, and which goes by the. It goes along with the way that I felt that yes, the only reason why Mike McCarthy survived this year is because he inherited Kellen Moore when he took the job. Jerry's like, hey, he's got you know, hey, he's been here. We had a number one. I'd like to keep that the same. And keep in mind, I always tell you, Mike McCarthy's phone wasn't ringing at that time. The Jets had an opening, no bueno. They did not. They didn't want McCarthy. There were a couple of uh, openings that Mike didn't even really get really interviewed. So it was one of those that, hey, 
Okay, and Jerry just found the right guy that was a little bit more credible than Jason Garrett, but not as credible as a Bill Parcells. Meaning, when I say credible, meaning somebody that I can still dictate on how I want things ran here. 877-37-GRIND. So that's the way I look at it. Because I, I, trust me, I, I mean, I'm even reading from here to here, and I've seen the press conference between a GM and the head coach, Sean Payton, and I've seen enough now. And I'm uh, the more I see now, it's like there is no way. Because we've been talking about Sean Payton to Dallas for years on this show, the rumor. Oh, he's got a house in Dallas. There is no way I could see. Now that seeing him in a different atmosphere besides the 504, there's no way Jerry was going to give this man that kind of control. Couldn't see it. And, and, and Sean probably knew that. So that's why full circle that he had to find the next Mike McCray. And who would that be if he decides to go? But no, I do agree with you. The point you make, he is probably, he could probably be saying that way because Mike McCarthy is like, I'm giving you enough rope to hang yourself. You finally won. I got Kellen Moore out here. Now this is all on you. Dak's turnover should be cut down. We should win more games and we should get, because really with, with Mike McCarthy, it's, if he damn sure don't get to the NFC Championship game, he's gone. And even if he gets to the NFC Championship game, whether he wins that or not, could still if he, he depending on the fashion he he loses it in, he could still lose his job. But if he loses the divisional round or the wild card or they don't make the playoffs, period, he's out. He's out. Eight seven seven three seven grind, and I think at that time that's when it'd be crucial. The next hire of Dallas would have to be if Jerry really wants to see another one before he closes his eyes and they put him in the dirt. He's gonna really have to just say, "Hey, I've got to go out and get. If I've got to go out and get a dictator, if I've got to get eat a little cheese, give up. If I really want to do this, like he look, man, Steven's starting to look old. I looked at Steven in the press conference. He's all gray and frosty, and that's his son." I remember when Steven, when Steven thought he did all good. Hey, daddy, hey, daddy, I, I got to sign Dion. We getting Dion. What'd you give him? What are you giving him? What are you giving that guarantee? Trust me, dad, I did the books. I didn't see Steven from that to where he is now. Also, don't forget, man, um, tomorrow, oh, since it's draft week, we've got Dave Mason of Bet Online that's going to be joining us tomorrow. We'll talk to him about the NBA playoffs. Also, we'll talk to him about the draft. Get his thoughts on futures. How do books look at this? What's the effect of this long term? Should we see more of this? We'll talk to him tomorrow. Also, don't forget to NHL hockey continues to roll on. I keep saying this. Who's going to beat the Boston Bruins four out of seven? Uh, you see the Avalanche get back in it. They got a game tonight, but you see them get back and take the lead over the Kraken. And also, Okay, Dante's Edmonton Oilers were down three to zero in the first period against the L.A. Kings, and they came back with an vengeance to win that game five four and OT. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Kings uh, respond to this. That's just one of those, especially on your home ice, you just don't want to let go and get away. Uh, you got uh, round four tonight of a battle between Tampa Bay Lightning and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Toronto went in there and took game one on Friday or Saturday, I think it was. And now you're going to have game uh, five tonight uh, to see if the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning can tie it up going back to Toronto. So you have a lot of hockey. The Vegas Knights are looking to take control to go up 3-1 in their series. What do you got? 
Jonas. No, just, yeah, of all four games tonight, it's a, a puck and a half on the puck line for all yeah. of them. You yeah, know, it's pretty much always that. Pursuing, no, nobody's undefeated uh, in tonight's slate. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be pretty tight. Yeah, unless you get a puck line, in-game line, puck lines always start at one and a half, no matter who it is. I mean, and, and that has a lot to do. Uh, with you know the whole the way the game plays out with empty net, I mean that's really decides those in regards to like because it's just a tradition that hey we're down by a goal or we're down by two goals, we're going empty net. So in the betting world, they always set the puck line at minus one and a half. Uh, now the action, which is just straight up now, of course, just like other sports, that'll go ahead and fluctuate in regards to the juice and the vig and stuff like that. You have to give up, but for the most part, it's always one and a half unless the end game line. So another exciting night of hockey uh, to get it going. And to be honest with you, I hate to be that guy because I don't like those guys to do that. But for the most part, like even for a passerby, hockey's playoffs have been a little bit tad a little bit more exciting than NBA so far. And the only reason why I'll say that is because, one, health has a big thing to do with it, you know, in regards to just the health, what we're dealing with the NBA, these superstars, all-stars out. But it has. And hopefully that'll change, you know, going forward. But I think now with that said, that Sacramento and Golden State series has been a hell of a series. That's been fun to watch. And that's the reason why it sucks for the news with Darren Fox, which you wonder, I, is that it? I never did ask because we got in our because you just said, how are you going to compare a role player to 10th guy on the bench to Darren Fox? Pretty much what you said. But anyway, okay. what, what, but 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 what did you um, what we didn't even ask? What is this is shooting hand or is it non shooting? hand? It's a shooting hand. The tip of his index finger on his left hand. He'll go. I think he'll. he's play. doubtful. Maybe you won't. Jaw's out there with you. You look like Jaw broke like three or four fingers. Now I don't know if that's I can't remember if that's Jaw's shooting hand or not. Now X rays did come back negative, uh, and I would like to see the play he did it in. I mean, because he finished the game. I don't know what play that was. He did that in his hand. Speaking of Fox, oh yeah, yeah, no, I didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know what Jaw did. I saw that in real time. That was a I big was fall. Say. Yeah, no, I saw that. I'm talking about Darren Fox. I didn't see the play that he got that. But anyway. All right, man, that is a wrap for today, Monday edition of the Sports Grind. Uh, thank you for the producer of the show, Jonas Clark. Uh, San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, people up in Lubbock, people up in uh, Tyler, people up in the Shot City, and people down the whole 305 South Florida region. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning, before you hit the snooze button, before you're out the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow.